Hello and welcome to the BC Outdoors podcast. Sit back and join us as your host, Mike Mitchell, gets us all access to the leaders in the outdoor scene. Hello folks, welcome to the BC Outdoors podcast. I'm Mike Mitchell, host of BC Outdoors Sport Fishing TV and editor of BC Outdoors Magazine. Within this podcast, you're going to hear some interviews with key members of the industry, and we're going to hit on some great questions and have some laughs. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Well, hello, Brian. Welcome to our first inaugural BC Outdoors uh, podcast. How are you? I'm great, Mike. Thanks uh, for inviting me on. Hey, no worries. Hey, so let's let's let our Eliza. It, it's not as if anybody doesn't know who you are, but let's just give them a little bit of a background again of uh, who you are, what you've done and that, just in case there's somebody out there that's been living under a rock for the past 33 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to stillwater anglers, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who you are. But again, we'll just uh, we'll give them a, a quick in, intro here. So again, let's not be so modest here, Brian, because <laughs> as we do know, everybody everybody in the, in the world knows who you are, especially when it comes to stillwater anglers. But a little background history with you. Uh, 33 years with the provincial government. Uh, the last six years of your career, you were working directly with the Freshwater Fisheries Society of BC. Uh, you are a published author through BC Outdoors Magazine. Of course, i got to put that plug in there, as well as other publications. You and Phil Rowley have a partnership with your with uh, some stillwater companies and just the overall fly fishing guru, right? How, how's that sound so far? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'd take to say I'm pretty passionate about fly fishing and yeah. fly fishing lakes in particular. Yeah, for sure. And let's let's get right into some things then shall we let's talk about for something uh landmark happened yesterday it's your uh, we'll say happy belated birthday to you right <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, we we had originally we had originally planned to do this on your birthday but it turns out uh, stuff happened and we have we got you a day after so uh that's pretty that's pretty great and again this is what how much was your license going forward now <laughs> It's a lot cheaper now, Mike. It is a yeah, well, so I, I will leave it at that. All right, so we don't want to we don't want to get into age apparently, but that's great. <laughs> so that that means you're definitely going down to purchase a license this year because it's within your budget, right? <laughs> I've already bought it. <laughs> all right, perfect. That's great. So, Brian, I think that if we want to talk a little bit about, uh, we got I got lots of things to to bring up for topics here, but let's let's start basically from you know the kind of the beginnings of what. Uh, you were involved with and, and, and really you and, and the people you worked with have really set us up for the future uh, for some great uh, great angling angling opportunities on uh, uh, on on Stillwater Lakes and stuff like that right so let, let's talk about again some of the things that you've been involved in there's there's lots of things right um, so let, let's talk a little bit about some of the lakes and stuff you've been involved in and some of the projects you guys have done over the years well certainly have you know, I mean I was very very fortunate to to land a, a job and a lifetime career in Kamloops, uh, which was where I always wanted to, uh, to uh, move to and, and to work because of the lake fishing that's up here. So if you think back when I, I moved to Kamloops in, in the mid-70s to start working, uh, to remember the regulation booklet back then was about for the whole province was like 10 pages and it was it was five by seven it was, it was pretty small so mm-hmm. uh you know we it was basically uh 
you know, a, a sheet of canvas to, and we could paint whatever we wanted because we knew, um, we started to see that, you know, there was becoming more and more effort up in the, in, in the Kamloops area and then things were starting to slowly change and, uh, we had not had a, 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 uh, a lot of, uh, staff up here until I got hired to start working specifically on lakes to get really into it. So we, you know, we first started out doing a lot of inventory because we didn't know what was in a lot of lakes. And I mean, there's over 800 lakes in the Thompson Nicola region. So uh, we had a lot, did a lot of lake inventory. And uh, at that, back in those days, we, we were still creating new fisheries by doing lake rehabilitations. And, and so we, we, we um, did a, a, a fair number of lake rehabs. They, they still produce some incredible fisheries. So as an example, if you think back in, in the early 1960s, Roche Lake did not exist as a recreational fishery. It is now the number one used lake in the province for angler effort. But back in the 60s, it contained... Uh, about 11 different species of non-game fish species. There, you know, it was not a trout fishery. And the biologists back then um, uh, rehabbed it and uh, created that pure culture, monoculture trout fishery that we have today. And uh, we were still, back in the late 70s, early 80s, we were still addressing uh, issues of illegal movement of non-game fish species and... Uh, uh, so lake treatments on lakes like the Harmon Lake chain, the whole Cane Valley chain was treated, uh, and we now have uh, you know some good fisheries down there for mm-hmm. brook trout and rainbow trout. Oh, so what uh, what what kind of species? What kind of uh, illegal species were introduced into those into those bodies of water? It, 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 it was mainly red-sided chiners. Then we had. Uh, it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're a busy guy still, Brian. You got your phones buzzing off there you got texts or messages all coming in i thought you're i thought you're retired now what's going on here <laughs> sorry about that i can't control that's okay yeah so it was mainly red-sided chiners uh some female chub and uh and then one one incident on on Hathium lake of pretty sculpins which we had to go up and and poison that i mean uh jimmy lake was another prime example of a of a, a lake that that uh, we treated in the early 80s and uh, it's, a, it's a superb it's still a great quality fishery mm-hmm. and so and again we'll go quickly back to uh, people aren't dumping buckets of these these fish and these fish would have been used live bait during ice fishing and would have been escapements and stuff like that right like these aren't the bucket brigade guys we'll call them right these were just no, inc- no. incidental back in the day when yeah. it was okay to use you know uh, live bait for for ice fishing right they thought it was, yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was anglers using fish for bait, yeah, uh, and uh, unaware of the consequences of them yeah. escaping. Yeah. So, so one of so let's you think about all these lakes. So, how many lakes have you been involved with off the top of your head in rehab? Oh, probably at least a dozen. Yeah, and they're it's it's just they're big projects. Uh, yeah, I sure. remember that the year we did uh, Hathium Lake, uh, I spent, you know, probably two summers up there getting it ready. And, 
um, you know, we had to pull the water down in the, just prior to the rehab. We had to do all, find out where the extent of uh, the sculpins had been. And uh, it didn't mean just treating the Pathian Lake itself. We had to treat some tributary ponds and mm-hmm. creek systems. And uh, I mean, with any lake rehab, the whole goal for all that effort and money is you have to get every last one of them. Yeah. You can't, you can't let, let a, a pair of uh, fish escape and they're going to breed and start the whole process again. So, yeah, uh, you, you know, it's a lot of bathymetric uh, work, a lot of sounding estimation of accurate estimations of volumes of water and uh, to know uh, the, the amount of concentrated uh, concentration of, of, of pesticide that you're going to use. Mm-hmm. And so now, when was the last time that uh, there had been some some rehab done in some of the different lakes? Is there is it been recently they've done any more, or are they well, pretty much? Un- is there different? Yeah, no. Uh, unfortunately, we the, the province has been doing uh, continues to do rehabs, uh, but it, they're because of the illegal movement of spiny rays. Mm-hmm. So uh, perch. Uh, and then subsequently, people had been moving past. And, yeah. and again, that's it, not that's not by accident. That's no, no. That, that's that, you that's, know, that's okay, someone yeah. wants. Yeah, it, it, it's by design. And uh, the last, actually, uh, there were, I believe, two small lakes in the Upper Nicola watershed that were done in the fall of 2017. Okay. To re- to remove the uh, illegally. Uh, introduced uh yellow perch yeah and the uh, the so, whole issue is with spiny rays is that they're extremely fecund they have they lay a lot of eggs they mm-hmm. out they outcompete terribly the salmonids so mm-hmm. for instance and if they escape into salmon bearing waters then we've really got you know it just magnifies the the whole issue yeah. Yeah, we see it. We see it down here, actually. You know, in the Alouette, the Alouette River system, all those little tributaries, all the little creeks and stuff, and the backwaters of the Pit Polder area and stuff, are uh, lots of bass in those areas. And uh, you know, create, you're right; it does create a bit of a problem down there. So, you know, I just hope. I hope maybe what we can do is just get that message out to you know, leave the fish where they are. <laughs> just think about the yeah. bigger consequence, right? To go create a yeah. sport fishing place for your buddies because you like being bass, you, you like bass fishing, or you like that. You know, it, it's not worth it to, to everybody, yeah. right? Yeah, it, you know, we, we've got some great native, you know, straight uh, species in the province, and that's the way yeah. it should stay. Yeah. So let, let's uh, let's let's move down to some some happier times and some some other stuff. Let's let's talk a little bit about your beginnings in fishing and you know you and i have talked again lots off camera i've heard some funny stories that i think some people would like to hear but you know some of the stories uh that we did you know you spent a lot of time with your father out fishing the gulf and 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 mooching right and that was kind of the 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 start of everything for you right back when oh absolutely my dad was an avid uh moocher uh wide herring herring strip and down spent many days anchored off uh, you know, different areas of uh, Gambier Island, Bowen Island, uh, Gibson's, you know, all the way up to Penda Harbor, Mary Island, all those spots. And uh, 
pulled a lot of anchor rope back then when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, to, what about now? What about when the first time? Do you remember the first time you actually, you know, caught your first trout still water fishing? Oh, oh, absolutely, vividly. It it was in Deer Lake and Burnaby. Oh, hilarious! Rainy, rainy November day, and on a Saturday morning, I convinced my dad to drive my fishing buddy and I out there. He sat in the car in the pouring rain, reading the paper, and we were on the sandy beach there. Yeah, with our spinning rods and our two-inch uh, red and white plastic floats, and we had dewworms hanging underneath that float, and I vividly can still see that bobber going down in yeah. amongst the pouring raindrops, and I landed this whopping big. It was about two and a quarter pound trout. Yeah, it was very dark, very strange colored one, and what we found out later was it. It was a hatchery cull from the then Abbotsford trout hatchery. Yeah. Who would, uh, they would release these females and males that wouldn't produce any more eggs or milk. And they would put them into urban lake way back then in the 60s. And yeah. uh, that's what I caught. And then I was like, was so proud of it. I brought it home. And of course, mom's used to, was used to cooking just fresh salmon. I mean, I bring this trout home, and it just about peeled the paint off the kitchen. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she gave me heck and told me never to bring one of those things over again. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, you know what? Let's uh, let's take a quick break here, Brian, and we'll uh, we'll let our sponsors do their thing, and then uh, we'll come back. And I got another uh, another couple questions for you here, if you still got time. This segment of the BC Outdoors podcast with Mike Mitchell is proudly brought to you by your Toyota BC dealers. All right, Brian, welcome, welcome back here. Uh, let's get into something here. I was, you know, we'll we'll, we'll move on from the uh, your first ever trout with the bobbers and the spinning rods to. When was the actual first time you decided that fly fishing was something you wanted to get into, or how did you get into from from uh, spin casting bobbers and dewworms to uh, to fly fishing? Well, you know, it was funny. My back then, my dad had a subscription to Outdoor Life, and I would read it too. And I started reading these articles about fly fishing and uh, it, it, and fly tying, and it kind of up my interest and then um and then we saw an advertisement in the paper for fly casting lessons at down in lost lagoon by a club at that time was called the vancouver angling club so mm-hmm. i took the bus down the lost lagoon and and got a lesson from the club and uh off the there was a wooden dock on lost lagoon and uh yeah i was i got the bug and uh ended up uh you know, I wanted a fly rod really bad. And, uh, you know, of course, we had a house full of mooching rods. But uh, so I went when the summers we used to go picking blueberries to make money and uh, use that money to buy my first fly rod from Earl Anderson, who used to be at Woodward's downtown in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, from there, uh, you know, we did, so when, when we'd be out salmon fishing in the summertime, we be catching lots of grips, which were two-year-old coho salmon, you know, when yep. there was a lot of salmon around, right? And they'd yeah. be 
anywhere from 12 to 17, 18 inches. And I, I would bring my fly rod out with me and, and um, catch grills while we had the mooching rods out. I'd yeah. stand on the bow of the boat and cast <laughs> And I had some of those streamer patterns. And uh, yeah, that was just so much fun. And uh, that's when it really, I really started to get the bug. Awesome. And then, of course, that, you know, once you start fly casting and catching fish and fly rods and flies and stuff, and now you're, you progress into fly tying, right? And yeah. do you remember, do you remember the first pattern you tied? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, my, in fact, my dad was a machinist and he, uh, he, he made me a vice. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, he used to smoke a pipe. And uh, I, I tied, I didn't know what, you know, materials to use. And so I tied, and I was tying flies for the ocean. I, I got out, found, I did, we got some, some uh, polar bear hair. And uh, then I used his pipe cleaners for chenille to wrap yeah. the body. And, uh, and then we put a polar bear wing on it. And uh, that's what I was using to catch grills so. Oh, wow. In the Gulf of Georgia. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, how, how about your first still water pattern? My first still water pattern? Yeah. Oh, I'd have to. I'm going to probably say it's probably a Doc Spratly. It's one of your all time favorite uh, flies, isn't it? You know, it? It might have been because I probably would have learned it out of a book. And it was, it was either that or probably a halfback. Yeah, I would have to say that. It might have yeah. been a Doc Spratly. <laughs> yeah. But not a green one. No, not a green spratly, no. All right. Hey, guess what? Those flies still work today. Remember that, right? I got video evidence of that. Yeah, you uh, do. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, you can talk back. I mean, that, that that's actually a really good topic now, too, to, to kind of get into is, um, you know, the then and now of fly fishing, right? And when you started out, like you said, you, you it was probably a half back or a uh, 52 Buick maybe or a... Uh, a Doc Spratly in various colors was was pretty much the standard flies. If I look back at some of the old flies that I had when I was a kid, you know that was it. A Red Carry Special and and that and it didn't seem to totally mimic uh, no. cr- anything nowadays. We're so specific now and 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 that right. And I I think too back back then uh, people caught just as many fish on those flies as we do now. But what, why do you think that it's become so specialized now? compared to back back when? Well, if you think back then, Mike, even when you just started, uh, which isn't, you know, certainly a lot less time back than what I did, mm-hmm. uh, the, the fish in those lakes, in the lakes, did not see near the angling effort You're right, or yeah. pressure that they yeah. do now. Yeah. And uh, these fish in our lakes, in the Camelot area, for example, they, they could be hooked multiple times during a season and they get hook shy and uh, there's a lot more boats rowing over them and above them and around them and uh yeah they they they're getting that we know there's a learned response uh, from studies uh, research that's been done that when you when a trout is hooked once or twice they are depending on the strain or the species of trout they'll they'll shy away from biting another hook mm-hmm. and uh, so it's, it's it's all about how much pressure angling 
effort is on them and how often they, they, they get exposed to being hooked. And so basically, you know, we, we, there's that old saying out there, the fish haven't gotten any smarter. But clearly what you're saying is some of them have, and that's not a good thing for some anglers. If the fish are getting smarter, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. <laughs> yep, that just means sure. that just means we, we got to get sneakier, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. The flies we use nowadays are crazy. I, mean, I was very fortunate when I moved to Kamloops to meet Jack Shaw, and uh, he was my mentor. And Jack was a pioneering fly fisher that went from – uh, attractor style patterns to imitate them, studying the bugs. And, uh, you know, he, he was one of the pioneers in that for sure. All right, but before we get into all the good stuff here, Brian, I got some good questions for you here. We're going to take a quick break and let our sponsors again do their thing, and then we'll we'll come back and we'll, we'll hit you some hard pressing questions. You ready for these? Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. This All right. segment of the BC Outdoors podcast with Mike Mitchell is proudly brought to you by Yamaha. Are you ready to get out and conquer the water? Let Yamaha rev your heart. All right, back here, Brian. Uh, again, uh, folks, Brian Chan, Stillwater legend, we'll, we'll call you Brian. I know you, <laughs> you don't like to be called that, but uh, I honestly uh, don't think that anybody that's ever picked up a fly rod doesn't know who you are. Even my mother knows who you are, Brian. <laughs> she calls you the famous Brian Chan when she uh, says, "Who? Yeah. I saw you fishing today with the famous Brian Chan. And I've oh. had some pretty famous people on my show over the years. You know, I've had uh, Mike Reno, uh, Dave Lumley, yep. of course, Brent, Brendan Morrison. But it's funny how people call you the famous Brian Chan. I, I like to call you Net Boy, probably the, the, <laughs> yeah. the most overrated overrated net boy that's ever been in my boat uh no but uh no it's kind of funny right it's uh it's funny the perception of of people's uh people's public perception of who you are and stuff and uh i'm I'm really thankful you've been able to take this time with us for sure today it's been been an awesome awesome start to this and we're going to continue on with some great questions for you i'm going to hit you with about four or five ones you're going to have to give me some fast answers and then we'll see if i can't stump you on a couple eh? okay all right okay scenario brian you're going out this year, what what's the first lake you were going to target? And if you can only bring three flies, what are you bringing? Well, we're anxiously waiting for open water, and I think the first lake we'll probably get on will be Six Mile, which mm-hmm. or Pat Lake at Savannah. And uh, uh, if I only could use three flies that day, uh, one will be a will be a ruby eyed leech which you're very familiar with. And uh, second one would be a vampire leech in black mm. and purple. And then the third fly would be a scud, a shrimp. What? <laughs> yeah. <I know>. What? <laughs> Was it, it, you, hit, you hit a landmark birthday and all of a sudden you're, you're converted now to fishing scuds? <laughs> I know. Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where, where's, where's Brian? <laughs> who, who is this impersonator on this on this call here? <laughs> okay, that that's interesting. Tell, what what's yeah. okay? Tell me about the scuds. What's going on? This you've sworn them off all your life. Every time I fish with you, you're like no scuds, no scuds. What is wrong with you now? I know. You know, I've been. I, I, it, it's. I finally accepted the fact I'm missing a lot of good fishing, and so. <laughs> <laughs> so I I forced myself to use them and actually. At, at ice off, they're, they're a very good pattern to use. Yeah, 
All right, good stuff, good. All right, next question, next question. Uh, your top five go-to lakes in British Columbia for, uh, we'll, give you, we'll give this, you gotta give me your top five for quality fishing, and then your top five for uh, family fishery. Oh, boy. Okay, so top five for quality fishing. Uh, I love Sheridan. Yeah. It's a, it's a phenomenal piece of water. Uh, whitetail in the East Kootenays. And even though we've got some issues with bullfish, uh, Dragon Lake is still a great fishery. Mm-hmm. Um, another top five would have to think about that. It would, uh, <laughs> be Bridge Lake. Bridge, Bridge Lake. Lake. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's a, because of Kokanee are doing so well in there as mm-hmm. well as you've got beautiful rainbows and they've got a chance to catch Lake, Lake Trout as well. It's a beautiful piece of water. Okay. That's four. And now that's four. Now give us, give us, come on, got to give us something good here. Give us, give us the fifth one's got to be a little nugget of information that uh, people are going to go, huh, okay. Without uh, giving your secret lakes away, we got to have, we got to have one, oh, one that, man, that, that, off the I'm board. Just, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, another small gem that would be top five. I, you know, I would probably pick, <laughs> I'd have to go back to the caribou and, and take uh, Irish. All right. All right. That's a good one. That's good, too. I was going to say, if you're going to mention the lake that I have my cabin on, this interview would have been over. <laughs> we would have had a, a beeping silence. But I'm, thankfully, you didn't mention that. That's great. Okay. So let's go. Now Now we got to go five uh, family fishery lakes. You know, families can get out. They're going to keep the kids interested by catching, you know, a good number of fish and size and stuff. Of course, when we're with the family, it doesn't really matter too much, right? But uh, when we're we're out with the kids, we want to keep them busy. So, what do you think the top five family fishery fisheries are right now in the province? Uh, well, you know, around the province or just in my area? Well, whatever you want. You can you know some of the. I mean, there is like. I mean, down uh, if it's around the province, there's in the Lower Mainland. Uh, we're fortunate that uh, the Fresh Archer Society runs a catchable stocking program. So lakes like Lafarge Lake and Clingo uh, Lake, uh, Green Timbers Lake are, are, are great places to, to, to try fishing as a family and getting the kids, getting everybody out. And um, there, these lakes and numerous other ones in, in the lower mainland are stocked on a, uh, in the spring and fall with these catchables and, and they're very willing biters. And uh, so there's a whole host going down there. When you come up into the interior, uh, there, there's some great lakes like Wallopper Lake, uh, right next to Lac Lejeune is, is chock-a-block full of, uh, of rainbows in it. And, uh, and they're easy to catch. There's a fishing morph on the lake that you can catch them from that as well. And even right, right 50 minutes from downtown Kamloops, uh, Edith Lake is a is a great family fishery with a, a beautiful fishing dock on it, and both uh, brookies and rainbows, and they can be caught on you know fly fishing as well as as uh, spin fishing or, or bait fishing uh, are very is are both very effective uh, techniques on there, and you can get a 
passenger car to it, no problem. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a great one. And uh, there's uh, other, like there's some great uh, kokanee fisheries that are great mm-hmm. family fisheries, like yeah. Monty Lake right along Highway 97. And then um, up in the Caribou, Chimney Lake is a great family kokanee yeah. fishery. And it's a, it's a trolling proposition, but there's a beautiful uh, provincial recreation site on the lake. Uh, yeah. Crystal clear water. It's a great you you know what it's like. We it's a, it's a great summer fishery. That, yeah, I think I think three or four of these lakes you've just mentioned we've all filmed on over the past few years. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they are great fisheries, and I think a couple of them we've even had uh, uh, probably Caleb out at a couple of those lakes too. Exactly. I mean, when you think about a kokanee are really the ultimate family fishery because once you find them, everybody's going to get in on the action, and uh, um, it, it may take a, a bit of fine-tuning to get your gear down to the right depth, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you look at Kokwa Lake at Holt, it, it, it's another great uh, kokanee family fishery yeah. as well. Yeah. So, actually, you know, kokanee was actually one of the things on my list here, too. You know, we've done we've done some kokanee fisheries uh, on our show here, too, and, and we've done some fly fishing. We've caught them on the fly. We've caught them, you know, conventionally trolling mm-hmm. uh, gear and stuff, too. Why do you – no, maybe maybe it's just me, but do you see an upward trend in, in just kokanee popularity throughout the province right now? Like, I I see a lot more guys talking about it, and, and yeah, it's it, becoming it's, a bit uh, more, right? Well, there's – you know, there's uh, Facebook groups on kokanee fishing now, and uh, in mm-hmm. the province, it, and it is uh, uh, the province. Uh, the provincial fishery managers are looking at um, trying to uh, promote and create additional kokanee fisheries, simply because um, they offer both winter and summer fishing opportunities. Um, the stocking programs are refined on them and uh, they can grow to substantial sizes and they are they are perf- they are a, a family fishery. Everybody can mm-hmm. get involved and yeah. uh, that, that, that's why. I mean they're becoming so popular and they've got they, they are one of the best eating fish out there. <laughs> can't, can't forget that. And, and I don't, I don't know if if uh, the Stillwater guys are prepared to hear this, but every time we go kokanee fishing on our show, you bring a Cooper's grocery bag and take your 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 allotted your allotted fish home with you because you guys like to eat them. And, and I think oh, people uh, people would be shocked. That, they're so uh, good. You know, they're so good smoked. It's it's yeah yeah. And your 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 nickname your nickname during kokanee fishing is Doctor Death. <laughs> That's good. Um, and so one of the things, too, Brian, is like, again, to, on the on the kokanee, have, has the province expanded some of their stocking to different lakes and, and less traditional kokanee lakes uh, throughout BC recently? Well, I know in the, in the uh, Thompson-Nicola region, the, the biologists have, have done some very light stockings on some traditional rainbow fisheries, just mm-hmm. with some with some triploidy kokanee. Yeah. Just to see how they'll do and the potential to create a, a small summertime uh, kokanee uh, fishery. 
Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and they get put in very small numbers, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, just to try to, to diversify the fishing opportunities are on on some of these uh, lakes that have the zooplankton biomass to support a small number of kokanee. Mm-hmm. And what what are some of those lakes that they that they've done that on? Do you do you know offhand? Uh, offhand, I, 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 I the first one I know they put them in is. Uh, is Peter Hope, and uh, I can't quite remember if they went into Pillar Lake at Falkland as well, but I think that that was a candidate lake as well. Oh, that's great. Um, so what's what's going on for you this season coming up? What do you have planned? What's your plans going on? Where are you, where are you, what do you got going on? You got some you got some classes, some uh, yeah. guiding opportunities. What else you got going on? I've got a little bit of guiding. Some got a number of uh, still water weekend or week-long seminars that I'll, I'll be doing with Phil um, Rowley and uh, just uh, trying to get out fishing. And, you know, we're, we're just, we were fishing this time last year and mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're two and a half to three weeks away from uh, getting out on the water. So it's been a, been a long winter. <laughs> Yeah, I and I know even up at my cabin right now, there's still two or three feet of snow up there. So there's no way we're 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 a couple months away. It seems to be. Oh yeah. Uh, although you know things can change quickly, it just it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen uh, up at up at my area. But uh, that's just part of it, right? The seasons are what they are. Sometimes you can't control Mother Nature. Oh yeah, no, we've been spoiled with such early ice offs these past few years, but. Um, you know, that's maybe that's the new norm that we're having, definitely having earlier ice offs, but uh, it certainly wasn't the case many years ago, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it's great. Well, well, Brian, I can't, you know what, I can't thank you enough for, for being being on our show, our, our inaugural uh, BC Outdoors uh, podcast, and we'll see how this goes with popularity. But I think this is going to be a great insight into uh, into some still water. Um, Stillwater stuff, right? But give us a give us a plug here. Give us a plug for your for your website and and uh, that class too you mentioned too with uh, uh, with Phil. You guys are doing a couple this year, I believe, right? Yeah, we we've, we've got some schools at uh, Roche Lake and uh, and at uh, Stony Lake Lodge as well, and also one at um, with Stony and uh, Corbett. And uh, yeah, and then Phil and I recently launched uh, a Stillwater app. That's that, right. Yeah. Uh, that um, it's got lots of information on how to fish lakes, how to fly fish lakes. That's for sure. Okay, so let's get out and get that get that app, folks. It's going to be a great uh, a great tool. Sounds like for uh, for enhancing your Stillwater experience, right, Brian? You bet. Shameless plug there for you. How's that? Yeah. For you? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right, well, let's uh, let's sign off, Brian. And again, I can't wait to uh, to talk to you again. We're gonna, you know, let's get our plan set for the season, and then uh, we'll give the viewers some another great show, probably or two. And then, and I'm sure this is gonna go over well too. But again, thanks thanks so much for for being a part of this, and and uh, I'm gonna have you back on again mid season, and you can give us maybe a report on how fishing is. Yep, it's been uh, great to chat with you, Mike, and uh, look forward to getting out on the water with you. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned for more BC Outdoors podcasts. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram for upcoming television and podcast schedules. This podcast produced and engineered by Kirk Gilchrist.